This podcast is sponsored by ValleyGivesBack.org. Hi everybody, it's Eugene Driscoll, ValleyIndy.org. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indy podcast. Just want to play for you real quick the audio from a press conference that was just held at the Seymour Police Department. Uh, today is Thursday, December 23rd, for the record. They went over uh, the case that they have against a 24-year-old man from West Haven who was charged this morning in connection to the fatal hit-and-run that took the lives of James and Barbara Tambora, 81-year-old married couple from Shelton. Just real quick to answer two things that I'm seeing in the comments thus far on Valley Indie Facebook. Some people are saying, uh, why weren't more serious charges lodged or why weren't other charges lodged? And police said basically that they built a case and they think the charges they have are appropriate. One thing to keep in mind here, and that came out at the press conference a little bit, is that this case really broke wide open yesterday afternoon when an anonymous tipster called police and gave a bunch of information which they were able to verify. And among the, the tips was that the suspect was planning to flee to Mexico on a plane that was scheduled to board this morning at JFK International Airport. So they already had some leads, but they obviously had to tighten it, focus it, and according to them, work through the night to build a case, get enough evidence, gather enough materials there to get a judge to sign an arrest warrant. So without further ado, here's the press conference. Thank you. Okay, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the uh, Seymour Police Department. Uh, My name is Paul Sikowski, and I am the chief of police here at the Seymour Police Department. Also in attendance today, I'd like to recognize uh, some people who are here with us, uh, members of the Seymour Police Department. We have members of our local state's attorney's office, uh, Rebecca Berry. She's a supervisory state's, state's attorney, assistant, assistant state's attorney from the Derby uh, Milford Judicial District. Uh, Chuck Stanko, he's uh, assistant state's attorney, supervisory at the Milford Derby as well. And then we have uh, Investigator Bob Nash. Uh, we also have uh, Lieutenant Matt Garcia with the Connecticut State Police. We have the Honorable First Select Woman of the Town of Seymour, Anne-Marie Jadonis. We have uh, the Honorable our uh, State Rep, 105th District, Nicole Claris Ditria. And we also have uh, several members and family and friends of the Tambora family. As well as uh, we have some uh, police commissioners in attendance, uh, Commissioner David Bitzel in the back. And uh, anyone else here, thank you for coming. Today I'm I'm reporting that the Seymour Police Department has made an arrest of the operator of the vehicle involved in the double fatal hit and run that killed two pedestrians as they crossed the roadway and nearly striking a police officer. After working throughout the night, investigators secured an arrest warrant and located and arrested the individual responsible for this unimaginable, senseless, and cowardly act. I say cowardly, cowardly act because this individual hit two people and took off at a high rate of speed, leaving them literally to die in the street. He then tried to elude the investigators for nearly 12 days until the investigators received an anonymous tip in the case yesterday afternoon. Arrested early this morning, shortly before 7 a.m., officers from the Seymour Police Department with the assistance of agents from the Northwest Statewide Narcotics Task Force in the West Haven Police Department arrested 24-year-old Jair Irigoyen Flores of North Union Avenue, West Haven, Connecticut. And uh, that's him, and that's his information uh, right there. 
Irigon Flores was brought back to the Seymour Police Department where he was charged with two counts of uh, misconduct with a motor vehicle and one count of evading responsibility involving a death. He was later arraigned at the, Duber at the Derby Superior Court where his uh, previously held bond of $1,500,000 was sustained and uh, upheld by Judge Gordon Hall uh, earlier this morning at the arraignment at the court. His arraignment was handled by the uh, supervisory uh, assistant state's attorney, Rebecca <clears throat> Berry. He is currently in the custody of judicial marshals and is expected to be transferred to uh, the Department of Correction. His next, his next court date is scheduled for February 14, 2022. So just to give you a little recap of uh, what brings us here today, 13 days ago, James and Barbara Tambora were attending services at a local funeral home. And while exiting the premises, the Tamboras attempted to cross the street with the assistance of a police officer. And the Tamboras were struck by a SUV-style vehicle as they crossed the street. Both suffered serious life-threatening injuries. Uh, James was transported to Waterbury Hospital where he later succumbed to his injuries that night. And Barbara was transported to St. Mary's Hospital where she died uh, nearly three days later on the Monday, December 13th, 2021. Immediately uh, following the next day on the 14th, uh, the day following Barbara's death, the Seymour Police Department in conjunction with the Tambora family held a press conference right here in this room and I believe many of you have attended that. At that time, the media and the members of the public were asked for their assistance in generating information that would lead to the arrest of the person responsible for the deaths of James and Barbara Tambora. And throughout the past two weeks, investigators have worked tirelessly following up on leads, uh, basically with little to no success. And investigators throughout that time frame have scoured local businesses and residences along the 67 corridor, uh, seeking video and reviewing that video. They also conducted a roadblock last Friday night, hoping to obtain uh, additional information from people that may have been in the area that night, but again, little to no success. However, that changed for us yesterday afternoon. Uh, we got our big break in the case. Uh, shortly before 3 p.m., investigators received an anonymous tip informing them that Jair Iragoan Flores was the person responsible for the fatal hit and run. Investigators immediately began following up on this lead, wherein additional informa information was obtained and corroborated that Aragon Flores was attempting to leave the country and leave to his uh, return to his native country of Mexico. <clears throat> Investigators were able to confirm that he had a flight scheduled for 8 a.m. this morning out of JFK Airport in New York. This put investigators' backs against the wall as far as time was concerned where we knew we had to pull out all the stops and do everything possible to find the vehicle and find Mr. Aragon Flores. Early on, we pledged to the Tambora family that uh, we would do everything in our power, anything possible, and pull out all the stops to bring the person responsible for their parents' death. We then reached out to our federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies. Uh, this involved uh, Homeland Security, the West Haven Police Department, Connecticut State Police, as well as the members from the Northwest Statewide Narcotics Task Force Office. Uh, investigators uh, ended up at the Flores residence in West Haven. At that time, as they began investigating the case, they obtained additional information that the vehicle involved may be in New Haven 
Investigators later went to New Haven and located the vehicle in the area of Park Street and Chapel Street. Police also obtained information from other, from other persons which implicated Irigoyen Flores as the operator of the vehicle that struck and killed James and Barbara Tambora. Investigators worked throughout the night with our partners from the Milford State's Attorney's Office and we, and we can't be more grateful for them. It's been a long night and a long day for everybody, but uh, that was to secure an arrest warrant for uh, Mr. Flores. The warrant application was presented after being reviewed by the uh, prosecutors here to my left. The warrant was presented to Judge Russo, who approved and signed an arrest warrant, wherein he set the bond at $1,500,000. So uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. At this time, I'm going to uh, ask uh, some of these uh, officials if they would like to make a few comments and uh, give you their involvement in the case as far as like the Corps or uh, the first select woman or a state rep and uh, lieutenant. Who would like to go for it? Marie, you want to go first? Or? Good afternoon. First select woman, Amory Draganis for the town of Seymour. Tamboro family, we are so sorry for your loss. No words can take away the pain or the anguish that you have suffered. But we are happy that we found him, we caught him, and now we can give your family some closure. On behalf of the town, please accept our deepest sympathies. We have given your family prayers and thoughts throughout this time. We are so sorry. To the Seymour Police Department, I could not be prouder. Our, Officers, our chiefs, our deputy chiefs, detectives, and inspectors have worked tirelessly on this case. We are so happy that it has come to an end. And we thank West Haven and North Haven, as well as the states and the state police, for helping them with this case. We can finally give this family some closure. Thank you. State Representative Nicole Claire Nestitria. I give my deepest condolences as well as Senator Kevin Kelly and Senator Eric Berthel to the Tambora family. We can't imagine the pain that you're going through, but we know this will help a tiny bit to give you some closure and, and start the healing process. I'd like to thank all the police officials and our state's attorney's office that helped close this case. The Seymour Police Department, our investigators, West Haven Police Department, the state police, and anybody else I may have forgotten. Again, thank you very much, and God bless. Uh, Supervisory Assistant State Attorney Chuck Stango, uh, I was uh, called about 11 p.m. last night. We had heard that there were some developments in the case. Uh, I'm one of uh, a large group of uh, dedicated uh, law enforcement officials uh, that were involved in this um, and I'm very happy that we were able to get this done uh, right before the holiday. It, I hope it gives you a little solace the family here uh, going forward. Um, I'd like to thank all that uh, helped out. Uh, we had to really kind of speed up the clock. It was a complex investigation that was really brought to a head because we were uh, aware of the fact that uh, we might have lost uh, the individual uh, forever. Uh, so uh, we were able to get it done. I, uh, my hat's off to uh, all uh, members of law enforcement who, who got this done. Uh, and uh, thank you all for being here to, to uh, share in, in our hope that uh, the family here begins to uh, move forward. Thank you, sir. Lieutenant Matthew Garcia with the Connecticut State Police Bureau of Special Investigations. Uh, first and foremost, on behalf of the Connecticut State Police, I would like to offer our condolences uh, to the family in your time of grieving. 
And also to uh, Chief Rakowski, I appreciate the fact that you had full confidence in our unit that we would be able to assist you. And that over the course of the last 24 hours, our detectives were able to, uh, to help locate uh, that individual and secure him at that residence and make sure that this case came to a full conclusion this morning. We appreciate and we are grateful for the task force officers that you have assigned to our unit. And that because of that, that collaboration between police agencies, uh, this is what helps to bring these cases to a successful conclusion. And that, therefore, as a result, uh, Mr. Flores was taken into custody without any incident uh, and was done so safely, both to himself and to our fellow officers. Uh, that being said, uh, unfortunately, this is a tragic reminder of how dangerous it could be on our roadways, especially during this holiday season. So uh, I would implore all drivers out there, remember that those careless and reckless actions out there, not paying attention, uh, you can drastically alter and change the lives of a family forever. And, and because of that, uh, we, we are deeply sorry that you have to go through this. And we are just, uh, we are happy that we were able to be a part of bringing this to a conclusion. So thank you, thank you. Inspector Joe Madison with Seymour Police Department. I also like to extend my condolences to the family again. Um, I also want to thank you very much. Uh, as far as my investigators, they work tirelessly on this. We have received tips every day, and every one of those tips were followed down. Um, the Valley residents and the uh, residents of the town of Seymour, thank you for always supporting the Seymour Police Department. It's, this is an example of cooperation where the system works with the public and the police and it couldn't have been done without them. Every tip, uh, Commander Dave Peratt can attest to that. Every tip that came in, we were getting tips every day. This one panned out, and uh, here we are today. But I, we are grateful for the support of the public, and, and it couldn't have been done without them. So I want to thank you, uh, and again, thank the Valley residents, and thank the individuals, every agency, West Haven, Statewide Narcotics, um, and Commander Peratt for the efforts. Every detective in the Bureau was on this deck and I made a promise the last press conference that we weren't going to leave any stone unturned and, and we didn't on this so again thank you very much Commander David Pratt I just want to thank everybody who's involved in the investigation within our own department um, and throughout the whole state we had resources calling us daily offering all their all their help and support uh, you know you guys the media assisted us tremendously the public, the public, we were getting calls from all over the place, including out of state. Um, and I said last time, you know, we'll take any help we can get, as many calls, we'll ferret out all the information. We did, we got that uh, crucial call yesterday in the 11th hour. We were able to follow up on it and bring this to a resolution. Uh, still a lot more work to do. We're going to follow up further on it and uh, tying this case up as best we can. And and help the Tambora family with their uh, in their time of grief. Okay, so uh, I'm just going over some more stuff for you. Um, as you can tell, uh, this was a lengthy and time-consuming investigation. From the time it happened to the arrest, investigators have worked tirelessly pretty much around the clock to identify the person responsible for this crime, hold them accountable, and hopefully bring justice and closure to the Tambora family. And, and I, I once again offer my condolences to you as well. Uh, we cannot have done this alone. As I stated earlier at a press conference we held, 
uh, we asked the public's assistance. We also had to rely on our federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies, and they all did a phenomenal job, as Commander Peratt just said. Um, specifically, I went to a meeting last night for law enforcement uh, last, me uh, last week for law enforcement officials, and at that meeting, I can honestly say I was approached by uh, many, many chiefs, many law enforcement across the state, from corner to corner, east to west, north to south, and everybody brought up this case, and every single one of those law enforcement officials offered any help or assistance that we needed, and we always kept that in the back of our minds uh, if it was if we ever needed it. So we we are very gracious to all of them. Um, anytime something like this happens, and for the law enforcement across the board uh, was looking for the vehicle. Um, as we stated earlier, I think it's still up here. The vehicle involved was identified as a 2014 to 2016 Acura MDX style SUV. When we located the vehicle, uh, that was pretty much right, right on the money. Uh, it was a 2015 Acura MDX, uh, color black, just as we said, a dark color SUV. So uh, the investigators did a great job uh, piecing that together with little evidence they had at the scene. And uh, so I, I thank them for that. Um, I also would like to, th again, thank our federal partners, our state, local, uh, no particular order, the West Haven Police Department, Waterbury Police Department, all the Valley Towns, and Sonia Derby, Shelton, uh, as Detective Matisovic, uh, Inspector Matisovic stated, that uh, everybody was, was calling their bureau and offering assistance. Uh, the state police, statewide narcotics task force uh, that over, is overseen by Lieutenant Garcia there. Uh, our Homeland Security, uh, the K K K Connecticut Intelligence Center, our National Insurance Crime Bureau, and as well as the Connecticut State Police Accident Reconstruction Squad, that's the CARS unit. Uh, they did a phenomenal job that night, and, uh, they, and they work hand-in-hand -hand in, in collaboration with uh, Commander Peratt. I'd also like to thank all, uh, obviously, our partners with the court, uh, the Ansonia and Derby Milford Judicial District. Uh, we cannot, obviously, uh, prosecute this case without their uh, professional help and assistance. As I stated uh, earlier, we held a press conference here in the same room, and at that time, uh, we asked for the public's assistance and the media assistance. Uh, I would like to thank the media for all the work you have done in, in bringing this case to fruition and, and getting the message out to the people that we needed to help. Uh, I also would like to publicly thank the person who called in yesterday's tip, which brought us here today in the arrest of Jair Aragon Flores. I have to say to that person, um, your godsend. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's, I can't say enough. Um, although an arrest has been made, there is still a very large amount of work that still needs to be done. Search warrants need to be, be applied for. Uh, records need to be obtained. Uh, the vehicle was impounded last night. We brought that back here to the Seymour Police Department, and uh, we'll be doing search warrants on that in the very near future, and hopefully have that um, car, if you will, calling from top to bottom, side to side, uh, very meticulously looking for any forensic evidence that may be involved with that vehicle. Uh, as Commander Pratt said, we need to tie up all the loose ends, and uh, we'll probably be seeking assistance again from the state police and probably the major crimes uh, unit, where they are uh, very professional in doing that. Uh, thank you to Commander Pratt and all the members of the Detective Bureau who, once again, it's been mentioned they have worked tirelessly. I know this incident has been mentally and physically exhausting to each of them. They have all done a great and phenomenal job and responded to the call of duty. Uh, 
Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I cannot thank them enough. Thank you. Thank you to all the everybody's here. Thank you to all the officers that uh, been out there every day looking for this vehicle, looking for this person. I think we probably, hopefully, can all sleep a little better tonight, knowing that this individual is off the streets in custody and uh, will pay the price that he should pay for, for the deaths of James and Barbara Tambora. Uh, i just like to uh, wish everybody a uh, happy holiday season. Um, I hope the officers and everybody that worked on this case get some well-deserved time to relax, enjoy. Uh, again, my condolences to the Tambora family. Uh, if you ever need anything, please let us know, and um, we will do everything in our powers to assist you. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for coming here today. Um, I know everybody's got their own schedules, busy time of year, but uh, again, thank you to the media. Thank you for everyone. And uh, I guess if you have any questions from the media or anybody in the room, uh, we'll take them at this time, and then we'll refer them to the proper uh, people. First, thank you everybody for coming out. My message, it's a message of thanks to every single individual that helped. Every law enforcement person, the Detective Bureau, Seymour PD, State Police, all the work you did and the Waterbury PD for offering help to, to come down, uh, West Haven, North Haven, the Narcotics Division, and, and anybody I left out. Every uniformed officer, detective, everybody who helped, thank you. Um, to the media, thank you. Thank you for putting this on the TV. Thank you for getting it out there. Thank you for getting on social media. To every citizen in Connecticut, thank you. For every single citizen that posted and reposted on social media, for everybody who looked at an MDX when it drove by, for every person that called in a tip, for everybody that had a conversation, shot a text, made a phone call to discuss it, to keep it in the forefront, thank you. To the person that made the, the tip, from my family to you, thank you. Okay. Words cannot convey, they just can't express the, the gratitude that my family has for the people of Connecticut for, for helping us in this, in this rough time. Um, to the detectives that did the footwork every day, thank you. Um, catching this person will bring some closure. Yeah, we still have a we still have a gaping hole, but at least this will help us to heal. Uh, just thank you, thank you to everybody. Thank you. All right, so uh, once again, uh, I'll, I'll open the floor to any questions you may have. Yeah, so I just wanted to make sure that Flores was picked up yesterday at his place of residence? No, this morning. This morning? Yes, just, prior, just prior to 7 o'clock. Okay. At home? Uh, yes, right outside his residence. Arrangements were made. Uh, they made contact with him. Arrangements were made to uh, try to turn himself in, and then he came out and uh, turned himself into the officers that were outside his house. Uh, working throughout the night um, for obvious reasons in the case. His place of residence is in Newark? West Haven. Uh, 64 uh, North Union Avenue in West Haven. Do you say you had surveillance set up outside his house since yesterday? Or 
So yeah, so uh, as this developed throughout the evening, um, you know, we that's where our members from the statewide narcotics task force uh, they do that uh, quite often. So we relied on them to assist us, and uh, as you can see, it took many, many uh, hands to bring this to fruition where we are today with the arrest. And they did a great job uh, doing what they do, how they do it. I'm not getting into specifics of what they did, but. Uh, they they did their job and did it very well. So. Chief, if you can just expand sort of a, the timeline and the sort of the time crunch that you guys were sort of facing with, saying that he had a, a flight this morning to, to leave the country and you guys were able to sort of get this tip and, and sort of, you know, here we are. Yeah, so uh, I think I'll turn that over to Commander Peratt. So, I'll touch on it briefly, but yeah, I mean, when the tip came in uh, and when, when we received that information that he was looking to escape the country, as I said, our backs were literally against the wall on that. So, um, you know, if we did not um, have enough to hold them, we couldn't hold them. So, uh, obviously, we just kicked everything in high gear and, um, you know, executed the best we can. And, uh, you know, they did a great job doing that. There was a probably, you know, when you say put the pieces of the puzzle together, there's probably a thousand pieces of that puzzle going all in which way in directions. And the investigators, the detectives, commander, as well as the, our personnel from the court, they, they had discussions, uh, you know, how, how to go about it, you know, what we have, what we don't have, what we need to do, where we need to go. And uh, like I said, that, that just went all throughout the night. Um, Commander Perrell, I'm going to tell you, he's been here uh, last, yesterday, today, still here today, as well as many of the detectives. And uh, so it, when I tell you they're tired, they're tired. So. Uh, if you would like to touch more on that, or uh, you, you pretty much covered it. But yes, we did uh, receive a tip around three o'clock. We immediately got we able to corroborate some information. We got in touch with the state's attorney's office, and we needed a lot more information. We were able to uh, corroborate some further information uh, with our original tipster, and we learned that he had, in fact, or our suspect had, in fact, purchased a ticket and was leaving the country this morning, had every intention to do so by himself, and it was a one-way ticket. Um, so as uh, the chief said, our backs were against the wall. Everybody uh, stepped in, kicked it up within our department, outside agencies, and with the help of the state's attorney's office, we had a plan in place, and uh, we were able to corroborate information with uh, some other individuals as to our suspect's involvement, and it was enough to get us a, an arrest warrant. We were able to type through the night, and. Uh, get a judge to, to re review it and approve it. And, you know, we had the uh, suspect residence where we believed he was under constant surveillance, and we were able to make contact with him this morning and get him to turn himself in and uh, has since been to court for arraignment. Do you anticipate any um, changes to the charges, you know, any, like something like manslaughter or anything like that, or are these charges standing? If someone from the court wants to answer that or... It's uh, too early to tell at this time, but uh, right now uh, the charges that were brought in the warrant uh, are appropriate with the facts that we had. I just have one more question for Jen. You yes. I know it's been 13 days since this, uh, this hit and run. How has the family been doing each day? And what is more or less your response or your reaction hearing that the alleged suspect, the person possibly responsible for this? Um, as far as the family day-to-day, -day, I'm blessed with, a, with a, a solid family. 
Uh, my brother and my sister, unfortunately, live out of state, and they just left last night with all their children to, to head back. Otherwise, they'd be here. And they also sent their, their thanks. I, I forgot to mention that before. Um, fortunately, my parents raised three good kids. Um, so when one of us needed a moment to step back and grieve, the other two would step up. Or if two needed to take a moment, the others would step. So as a team, we helped. As, as the rest of our families, the three of our families, there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, like I said, this, this leaves a giant hole. Um, Mom and Dad did holiday dinners, and they were very active with our families. Um, as far as getting that phone call early this morning, um, it actually put a smile on my face and that, that they actually caught the person. And, and I, knew, I knew eventually it, it would come out. I knew eventually somebody would say something along the lines and it, and it would come up. And I'm just glad it happened sooner rather than later. Um, and, and then hearing that he was about to flee to Mexico, that, that, you know, that just puts a cold chill in your heart that, that they're this close to losing somebody forever and that the closure can't come. So I am, I am, we, my family, are, are eternally grateful that, that you know, all the hard work of all the individuals that brought this person forward. Thanks, and thank you guys. Yes, I believe DOT reached out to First Lackwoman Draganis and said that they are going to start doing a road study, road safety study on that. Senator, the, the day that that happened, First Lackwoman Draganis, myself, Senator Kelly, and Senator Berthel talked about immediately doing a study. So. We're assuming that and hoping that will start very soon and we'll get some um, fixes on that road to give us more light and more exposure. Thank you. Anyone else with questions or? If we could just get the um, your name. name, your name, Ken. Mine? Yeah, yes. you last name? First oh, and last. Oh, Kenneth? Oh, come up the mic. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, my name is Kenneth, K-E-N-N-E-T-H, Tambora, T-A-M-B-O-R-R-A. James, uh, James, James, or Jim and Barbara are my parents, and then my brother Stephen and my sister Linda Pisacrita that were here in the original conference that couldn't be here today. So if there's no further questions, this concludes our uh, press conference. Uh, once again, I, I thank you everyone for being here. And uh, be safe, be healthy. Thank you.